Live. 855-453. That's the Seiko toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. You know, that's that's how we run the show. You can call in. Even talk about when we want. have technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, there have been some uh, challenges in the studio, but, well, you know, they, they don't know. It's not a bug. It's a feature. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, Stephanie, you've got a, a story that's a little, you know, kind of Christmassy related here uh, we ought to get into. Real quick uh, yes. about stories. Mm-hmm. Um, where did you find this one? It's on Yahoo News, but I actually found it because of the Free Talk Live uh, front page. That's right. Where and our listeners will do the legwork on submitting show prep for us. It's sure. really nice. I mean, you know, if you find a story or blog post or video or whatever that you think is extraordinarily important, you want other people to see it, you want us to talk about it on Free Talk Live, the best thing to do is go to freetalklive.com, get an account, upload the story there. You're going to get a lot more eyes on that story that way, and it could very well end up uh, on the air. All right. Well, this is from Yahoo News, and the headline is Anonymous Donors Pay Off Kmart Layaway Accounts. Now, I didn't even know people still used layaway. Layaways actually come back <laughs> uh, because of the economy. Hmm. Yeah. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with it, what is layaway? Layaway is um, a, geez, uh, it's essentially you buy something and then pay um, over time on it. And then when you're done paying, you get to take it home. Right. It's, the, it's, it's different than a credit card, which, of course, you buy something and then you pay you take interest. It home immediately, yeah, right. You take it home immediately <laughs> and then pay interest on the loan that you've gotten to purchase it. So that's uh, it's different. You, there's no interest, but you don't so get the So it's essentially a form of credit that's issued by the store I don't think in so. a way. No. I mean, because the store keeps the item. So it's not really credit. It's mm. a way to pay on time until you can get the item. So it's it's interesting. I mean, it's a way to avoid... Um, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting. Uh, so, yeah, and I could see it being kind of an alternative to credit cards, especially for people who don't maybe don't want to subject themselves to possibly having to pay big interest charges and all that. But uh, let me get into this. So the headline is, um, uh, as I said, anonymous donors pay off Kmart, Kmart layaway accounts. Omaha, Nebraska. The young father stood in line at the Kmart layaway counter wearing dirty clothes and worn out boots. With him were three small children. He asked to pay something on his bill because he knew he wouldn't be able to afford it all before Christmas. Then a mysterious woman stepped up to the counter. She told him, no, I'm paying for it, recalled Edna Depp, assistant manager at the store in Indianapolis. He just stood there and looked at her and then looked at me and asked if it was a joke. I told him it wasn't and that she was going to pay for him and he just burst out in tears. So you imagine what this is like for, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the, the, the fact is that it's, it's difficult. It's expensive to raise kids. And yeah. a lot of people that uh, have kids are young and don't have a lot of money. So what it must be like for his family's budget to to, to take care of this. I mean, it must be it must be really, really great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He was feeling really relieved, obviously, because he started to cry. Well, I mean, this sounds like something that's it sounds like a movie script almost. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's hard to believe that this even happened. But. Apparently it did. So at Kmart stores across... People do a lot of t- different types of giving around this time of year. It's a, it's a great time to, you know, it's great. I think people should do it all year round, but this has the sort of social gravity to it that uh, causes people to, to get into the mood to give and that kind of thing. And Yeah, well, to me, that's a really good reason to give because it gives you joy to share mm-hmm. with others, you know, 
a, a poor reason to give on the flip side of that, I think, is because you feel an obligation, you know. I think the probably the worst reason is uh, what the government has you do, which is you'll get you'll get a break on your taxes if you give. Um, I think that giving should be should come from the heart, and that uh, I thought you were going to say they force you to pay taxes and stuff. Well, that's, that's not really even giving. It's, yeah, that's not it's that's stealing. Not giving. That's yeah. just the government stealing money from you and giving it, uh, you know, to. to Poor people and mostly middle class bureaucrats is what uh, the welfare uh, program's about. It and I've heard numbers as high as seventy cents on every welfare dollar goes to the bureaucrats that run the the program, and thirty mm. cents goes to the people who you know need it. I don't know some what, people who need it, and some people who may be kind of abusing the system. Right, and, uh, the yeah. insurance companies out there, their numbers are for insurance fraud twenty five percent. I can only assume that since insurance companies are incentivized by the marketplace to police better than the, uh, the the welfare bureaucrats are incentivized, that the rate is higher with welfare. So then what are you saying? Fifteen cents on every welfare dollar actually goes to somebody who needs it? Yeah, uh, that's pretty dismal. Yeah, pretty dismal. <laughs> So at Kmart stores across the country, Santa seems to be getting some help. Anonymous donors, like as if Santa exists, but anyway, <laughs> anonymous donors are paying off strangers' layaway accounts, buying the Christmas gifts other families couldn't afford, especially toys and children's clothes set aside by impoverished parents. Before she left the store Tuesday evening, the Indianapolis woman in her mid-40s had paid the layaway orders for as many as 50 people. On the way out, she at, she handed $50 bills and she handed out, excuse me, handed out $50 bills and paid for two carts of toys for a woman in line at the cash register. Wow. She was doing it in memory of her husband who had just died. And she said she wasn't going to be able to spend it and wanted to make people happy with it. The manager said the woman did not identify herself and only asked people to, quote, remember Ben, an apparent reference to her husband. Mm. The manager, who's worked in retail for 40 years, had never seen anything like it. It was like an angel fell out of the sky and appeared in our store. (laughs) Yeah, I could see the analogy. Yeah, I mean, I I can only imagine what it must be like for uh, for these folks. I mean, I just read some number recently where it's uh, like two thirds of kids are either uh, in you know their families are under the poverty level or they're in the low income bracket. And you know, I mean, I, I. I'm not the biggest fan in the world of uh, Christmas and 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 all that sort of thing, but kids need toys. They need some toys, and it's it's special to get that special toy that you want, and it's it's nice. I'm not saying that I don't think that there's better ways to uh, to spend one's charitable dollar. Maybe it's uh, you know I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe food. <laughs> Food's good, but I think that one can make the argument that the buying the toys then allows the family to have the money to buy the food. Yeah. Um. You know. I mean, it, it may make for a better Better meal. I would hope that parents are spending money on food, yeah, um, rather than Christmas, Christmas gifts. Toys, yeah, but I don't. I don't really trust. I frankly do not trust pe- a lot of people that that exist in the low income and, and poverty level income brackets to use you know use their money wisely. I'm not saying every one of them by any stretch of the imagination, but a lot of them are in the low income brackets because they haven't been wise with their money up to that point. Yeah, there so, certainly is something to that for sure. And I think a lot of that comes from just people learning what they grow up with and not necessarily seeing patterns of financial responsibility yeah, sure. and learning how to use money wisely. And it's, they certainly don't teach it to you at school, right? In the government schools. No way. Indeed. <laughs> I never had any classes like that. But anyway, so, um, yeah, this story was interesting to me. Uh, I kind of, you know, there are lots of organizations that exist to get Christmas toys to young children, like Toys for Tots is a big one that comes to mind, and a lot of other smaller charities, too, that, that exist to get toys to needy children, mm-hmm. right? And I, 
you know, it's it's really nice. It pulls at people's heartstrings. A lot of people are inspired to give to those things. Mm-hmm. And some people, that's the only charity they give to. But I would like to see kind of uh, follow-ups on those. Like, I would like to see, like, what happens to that money. Like, what kind of toy does it buy and who does it go to? Mm-hmm. And why did why were they needy in the first place? Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of interested in, in knowing that because I think a lot of people... I like reading the stats on these um, on uh, charities, but I always mm-hmm. wonder about the... Uh, agenda of the person who's writing the uh, the story too. So mm. it really, you know, it, it, it's di- it's difficult. It's difficult to know what the best charity is to give and that kind of thing. And toys, you know, I mean, I can be on the kind of the fence with it. My son Jack, um, we're not in the low income bracket, um, but frankly, the only time he has gotten toys or is at birthday and Christmas because so many people have secondhand toys that are available and you know they pass them around here um, in the community i I don't know what it's like for other people but there's just so much so many free toys why in the world do it we buy them a lot of puzzles if you want to call a puzzle a toy that's fine or books if you want to call those toys then Mm. that that's okay i mean sure they're fun we buy books and 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 puzzles uh new but you know i mean it just what puzzle piece it's puzzles they lose you lose pieces things like that once you get above the uh once you get above the hundred piece mark you're you're not likely to have the pieces in place and my uh, (laughs) three-year-old's doing 100 and 200 piece puzzles now wow yeah it's crazy um but you know i mean i i, I for, for us i, I you want to have you, his his granny and his muffy want him to have presents to open at christmas and why do you think people are so obsessed with having kids have toys like why do why do you think they focus they seemingly more it. on the toys the sheer joy on those children's face the awe that they have when they see that stuff is what it is does I that mean, prove that there's no truly selfless giving or i think it's i i don't believe in selfless giving so. <laughs> Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. What's the spirit of Christmas? When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The The GPS GPS Black Black Box Box Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. Talk Live, 855-453. That is the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You can call in at 855-450-3733. We're just talking about a story here where there's a mystery giver running through a Kmart and what was it, Omaha? Something like that. Yeah. Bread basket. <laughs> it all mushes together for me. You know, <laughs> now I, we're going to get all these callers. In, in Omaha, it, it matters to them. And I, you know, I'm not trying to disparage <laughs> Omaha or anything like that. But. Oh, we sound like such East Coast yeah. elitist, we're, we're elitist liberals. We're elitist East Coast snobs. <laughs> it, it was Omaha, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. That's where the stakes come from. Indeed. <laughs> the Free State Project's Liberty Forum is February 23rd to the 26th. It's one of the largest liberty gatherings in the world, and you can be a part of it. It will be held at the elegant Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel. And so far, we've got a lot of cool speakers lined up for you all to see, including Joel Salatin, the author of You Can Farm, Clark Neely from the Institute for Justice, Jack Spierko, the survival podcast uh, expert, and Michael Cloud from the Center for Small Government. 
And you can go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum and sign up and use the coupon code FTL2012 to get a discount. And uh, I will be there, Mark. I'm sure we'll be doing oh, yeah. Free Talk Live. Absolutely. It's a Sunday there. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll be coming back. I don't know whether. Yeah, that's a good question. Because I remember last year it, it was kind of wrapping up on, not last year, two years ago, because there wasn't one mm-hmm. last year, right? But um, two years ago, it was kind of wrapping up on Sunday morning. People were making their travel plans back, so maybe we'll be back in Keene for that. We'll figure it out. Yep. Um, we'll cross we'll that out bridge when we come to it. easiest for us, and, and we'll do that. But, um, Unless I get fired. Before then. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem likely. To me. So, uh, you know, the, the, one of the cool things about the, the Free State Project, uh, Liberty Forum here, is that you can uh, use that coupon code FTL2011. You get 10% off. 2012. Your, 2012, excuse yeah. me. Um, and you get uh, 10% off your order. You, one thing you need to know, though, is get that hotel room now. You need to book oh, now yes. because it, you know, it happens. The hotel fills up. I would even go out on a limb and say that if you're an investing type or an investor, you may get an extra hotel room and um, rent it out at a profit. Yeah, basically. Sublet it. Let's go to Adam in Canada. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi, Mark. Hi, Stephanie. You guys are talking about this Kmart story, and you mentioned that a government may provide a tax credit or a tax break to a charitable person. This has in, the so you're in Canada, uh, right, Adam? Yeah, it's, it's, we don't call it a tax credit here. A tax credit would be a one-for-one. One. So if you uh, gave a dollar uh, to a charity, mm. you would then get a dollar off your taxes. It's here, a here tax it's a, deduction. It's a, right? Yeah, it's a write-off, which yeah. means that if you give a dollar, then that's one dollar less you have in income. So essentially, the, the government's giving you 30 cents off on, um, on it or something like that, depending on your tax bracket. Okay, I understand. It has the effect of offsetting the uh, the cost of the charity, and at the same time, I don't know if it's the same way in the United States, but in Canada, you get a you can actually they ask you how much you've received in charity or in donations or in gifts from other people, and they'll tax you on that. It's not maybe it's not intentional, but it seems to have the effect of. Sort does of anybody actually report that, Adam? <laughs> Sorry. Does Does anybody actually report that? Like, if they Probably received not very a gift, accurately, no. Yeah. So, what were you saying? Um, it has the effect of what? It seems to have the effect of offsetting the uh, the influence we try to put on the social order around ourselves. So, and to tie that into volunteerism, since we argue against taxes, a lot of people will try to say that libertarians are somehow guilty. You've been probably accused of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, we can argue against that and say that, well, the welfare system, on average, 70 cents of that stays in the uh, middle-class bureaucrats' pockets for their pensions and salaries, and 30% of it tr- trickles down to the poor people. Uh, and, they might then think that we're not so guilty, but still misinformed or misguided. We can argue, you can use them as the proof against their own argument. They themselves, since there's enough of them to argue against volunteerism yeah. and or being taxed, they themselves are the proof that they can trust one another. If they want 70% of their income to disappear just so that 30% of it can go to someone else, then trusting them with all that money would probably be better for everyone anyway, even if they were alone in that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you and then you consider the amount of waste inside the welfare system because I think that everybody oh. can agree that there's some level of fraud. And I yes, think the best yes. thing when you're having discussions like this is to ask the person. I mean, you can you can give uh, statistics like seventy cents on every welfare dollar goes to the middle class bureaucrats. You can say that the insurance companies have uh, claimed that there's twenty five percent fraud in, in insurance uh, claims. And at that point, you then let them come up with the statistics that they think are accurate. So if insurance fraud is 25% and insurance companies are incentivized to police, do you think that uh, the the fraud rate is higher on welfare or lower? 
And you know they'll probably they'll I, who knows what they'll do. Some people are so bad at uh, so, so I'm going to use That's the term evil. Question. Evil it, when it comes to argument. Side about taxation of charity can just be used as another argument against taxation altogether. What's that? You're, you're aside about taxing, taxation of charity can be used as a really powerful argument against taxation altogether. How so? What do you... Um... In that, it offsets the effect we have on the social order around ourselves by taxing people who are charitable and rather taxing them less and taxing people who receive it more. You know? it, 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 it certainly it, destroys the, the, the idea of charity. I mean, if just... I want somebody to have $100, I have to give them 145 unless they have to commit fraud. I suppose that makes some sense. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. Makes, that makes perfect sense. Anything How else, Adam? Bye. Thanks, thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. It makes, perfectly, it makes perfect sense. You know, if, you're, if you want somebody to have $100 and the government taxes them on the charity that they receive, then you have to give them 140 or 150 or whatever it is in mm-hmm. order to make sure that they get the 100 bucks because you've got to give the, the 50 or something to the government. And don't forget that the government, that all you're doing at that point is you're not actually getting a credit against your taxes on, um, on an income taxes. All you're doing is uh, getting a write-off. The government really doesn't want, as a monopoly in the area of charity, meaning that you have to give whatever amount that they demand that you give um, – you know they don't want you to give through other organizations. They no. want it to go. They want it to go through theirs. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know they want their FEMA to uh, be the one, even though Red Cross is more efficient. I mean, not saying the Red Cross is the most efficient uh, um, uh, charity. No, it's better out there. than the government organization. Yeah. And actually, the amount of the amount that government has basically encroached in people's lives and and started kind of usurping some of these functions that charity used to serve historically. I think has really damaged people's relationships with each other, you know, because it, it used to be that you could rely on people that you knew or in your community. And there were kind of like these well, closer knit relationships where people would give mutual aid. Some people don't like the um, relationships that are around surrounding charity. They want people to be able to get money with dignity. And I think that this is probably the very worst part of the entitlement programs. When somebody can get – I don't know what dignity means precisely, but when somebody gets uh, you know, free money from the government and they have all these restrictions on them and that kind of thing, then you don't have the motivation that, uh, to, to do better. Um, the government says, well, you, you, if you make more than whatever amount of money, $2,000, $1,500 a month, then we're going to lessen the amount that we give you and that kind of thing. It keeps yeah. them in the holding pattern. And then if they're – Oftentimes, if if you have children, like the more children you have, the more you will get paid and stuff like that. How can you expect somebody who has um, received welfare as an entitlement to ever understand charity as a concept? They've never experienced the giving, the receiving, Mm. truly. Yeah. Then how can they experience the? Then how can they see the joy that they might get through giving? Yeah, that's something that really I think enriches life. The joy of giving. 855. On a voluntary basis. 450-3733. We sound like elitist liberals on the East Coast now. (laughs) On DVD for a limited time. Chase lives here. You move back here with my son. You're a predator. 
Jack? Yearly is a bold independent film about the struggles of a middle class father as he fights to win back his family after being fired for sexual harassment. Reviewers call Yearly superb, amazing, and one of the most honest looks at today's modern man in marriage to hit the silver screen. I'm guilty of cheating on my wife. Winner of Best Feature at the Malibu International Film Festival and other festival awards including Best Actor and the Platinum Reel Award. Yearly is set against the backdrop of the difficult job market and follows a flawed man who makes one bad decision after another as he faces the intrusive scrutiny of the courts. Why didn't you tell me you had a kid and a wife? Go to yearlymovie.com. That's Y-E-A-R-D-L-E-Y movie.com to own the DVD now before they're gone. You have no idea what it's like. You cheated on me. Click the Amazon link on yearlymovie.com and a portion of the sale goes to support Free Talk Live. That's yearlymovie.com. Are you firing me, Riley? Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line here on the, well, the Sunday edition, live of Free Talk Live. Stephanie, how many talk show hosts do you think are actually going to be live this week on the radio? Zip, zero, zilch, There's maybe not zero. There's a, but... <laughs> a few uh, that are going to do it, and they'll, they'll probably have somebody standing in if they don't have somebody, if they're not live themselves, but... You know, it's not a lot of them. Free Talk Live cares deeply about you getting live content. You know what? Not only that, we're going to be live on Christmas. You are going to be live on I'm going to be live. Because I'm not going to be here. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be sunning yourself like a lizard on oh, some beach. please. Like I don't... the lizard Jew that you are. At me. I'm Just kidding. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not the one to go down to... Uh, when I go to Florida, we bas- I basically ha- hang out with the family, see some friends, things mm. like that. But, um, you know, we're going to head down and... You know, it'll be fun. Um, get to see uh, see my mom and and the, the in laws and all that. So it's a uh, it's a good time. Head by all. Nice. I usually if I go to the beach, um, you know, I, we just walk with Jack and there's a dog beach in Sarasota that we can take the dog to. So you know, it's always fun to watch. A dog them. beach. Dog what's, beach. What's different about the dog beach? You can bring a dog to it. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> so, I want to tell you about a treat that you can get for the Christmas holiday. If you're looking for the perfect treat um, to bring to, say, a holiday party or, you know, maybe when uh, family and friends get together on Christmas morning, everybody is going to love George's famous baklava. George's Famous Baklava is a walnut pastry with over 50 layers of uh, melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. If you've had baklava before and it's like, eh, you know, it's okay, but uh, I'm not sure. That's how I felt about baklava until I had George's Baklava. It's an entirely different experience. Um, it's off the hook. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really, really good. Try, trust the tr- trust the hundreds and hundreds of people that have ordered George's famous baklava. He, I already has a million satisfied customers. Well, it can't be a million's not possible that one person could make that kind of baklava. Is it possible? He's a pretty amazing guy. He's it's very talented. <laughs> uh, it's shipped in a special container, priority mail. Gets to you fast, fresh, and delicious. It certainly does. We used to order it here. Now George lives in in town, so we can get it delivered. But um, you know, we used to get it through the mail, and it's great. You can pop it in the freezer if you want some for the the year round. The best way to do it to save on shipping costs is to get the largest order you can at one time. Now, as I understand it, George is pretty much spending all of his time making baklava right now. But you know. Uh, you you could still get in if you order by I think it's tomorrow December the nineteenth yes is the, uh, don't delay yeah this is the last read you're not going to get another reminder the way to get George's famous baklava <laughs> there is one one way 
go to mandrick.com, M-A-N-D-R-I-K. There's no C in mandrick. It's mandrick.com. You will thank me for it. Check it out at mandrick.com. Stephanie, you mentioned earlier in the first segment you, you committed one, what appears to be a cardinal sin in broadcast. I did. Yeah. I better ask for forgiveness. I better <laughs> repent. That's the problem with you being an atheist and all is <laughs> sins don't matter to you. But I have morals. I just don't believe that, you know, well, for instance, it's wrong to be gay or... <laughs> sins aren't necessarily things that are immoral. Sins are, uh, you know, I mean, like you can use it that it's it's not it's not an, uh, a word that doesn't mean things that are immoral. But at the same time, it also sometimes means things that may or may not be moral. Mm. So you but there have been people who've been fired over saying something that you said on the air. Um, and for parents right now, we're going to be discussing Santa Claus in a very adult fashion. So if you want to uh, preserve whatever sanctity there is uh, for um, Santa Claus in your home and you're concerned with what we might say regarding Santa Claus and, and his exploits, uh, the, <laughs> the exploits of a fat man living in, in the North Pole, then, then turn off your radios or XM receivers now. All right, you've given them fair warning, Mark. Yeah. So you've said something. You said something that uh, that that can get people in trouble in broadcasting, and that is that uh, Santa Claus isn't real. Is that what you was that what you were trying to say in that first segment? Oh, I'm. I don't even remember saying it now, but I must have dropped it in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah did, you, did you, I? You popped in there with it. Okay. So, well, yes, Santa Claus is not real. Okay. I'm sorry to be the one to break it to you <laughs> if you still believe in Santa. But yeah, and, you know, so I, I now my son is three and a half. Jack uh, is, is three and a half and or maybe a little more than that. He Santa is beginning to be talked about. Um, you know, Other kids are talking about Santa. There was a an opportunity on the Internet to get a, a video of Santa talking to Jack. And so I put that in and and uh, let him talk to, to you know, Santa. You know, it's a video. For, it says, hey, Jack, you should eat your peas. You know, that kind of thing. Seriously. Yeah, it's, it's really, really cute. But that's I don't think that's cute. Well, you, that's, that's because you're applying <laughs> things to this that I have not yet said. So and wait, you get an authority figure, you pay an imaginary authority figure to tell your son what to do. Well, I, now let's talk about this for a second. So you're you're just saying <laughs> sure. that that's true. Um, he is imaginary, and like Jack's clear on that. Um, Jack it, knows that Santa is not real. As clear as he, as a three and a half year old can be. And how now, does he? Do you tell him that that? Yes, we've talked okay. about that. Okay, so. Now, but what, you know, what is real and what isn't real? So in my life, I mean, is Superman real? It's an idea and it's a made up thing. It's a pretty strong idea. It's a story. Like Superman, probably you can talk to Superman more, as many people on the globe know about Santa as Superman, I would say. I mean, it's a strong idea. And I'm going to use Superman in this example. So, I mean, he's real in a way. In your mind. He's real in that he exists in the minds of people. Um, They understand. Jack has Superman dolls, loves loves Superman. As as sad as it makes Daddy, uh, who's a big Marvel fan, that Jack likes DC (laughs) um, heroes. That's what he likes. He likes Superman and Batman, and um, he does like some of the Marvel superheroes, too. But, uh, you know, he, he's into the superheroes. He knows that I can I don't know whether he knows they're real or not, but he hasn't ever – I've never purported superheroes to be real to him. Yeah. And we read about them in books and things like that. They're pictures. I don't think he thinks that uh, Blue, the talking dog on uh, – well, I guess that doesn't really talk. They blew the – have you seen Blue's Clues? Yes, I have. Okay. I have. Um, which is a really bizarre show if you decide to step back from what it is. It is a man who mm. um, stays alone in his house talking to his animals and um, furniture. 
yeah. while writing things down in a book. Um, mm. it, it's, and it's don't really, forget, he's really excited when the mail comes. It, well, if you stay by yourself in the house all day <laughs> and don't have anybody else, getting the mail is a pretty exciting That's thing. That's the most unrealistic part about it, is that someone would be excited for the mail. <laughs> well, we could talk more about this this uh, Santa thing as things go by, but I want, don't want to keep uh, Larry in, in Hot Springs waiting too long. Larry, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, you guys, are, are you for Santa Claus or against Santa Claus? Well, I don't know if I'm for or against. I mean, what, what, oh. ask the question again. Maybe well, rephrase I, I, it for I me. I turned off the radio when you when you said something about Santa Claus, so I just okay. wanted to hear what I said. <laughs> oh. I, I mean, I turned it off to, to call you. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Um, I think that but what you, I... Th- you were acting like you were going to get mad uh, about people who like Santa Claus or something. Oh, I'm not mad about people who like Santa oh, Claus. Oh, no. I'm, I guess my question is, is it a good idea to tell stories to kids? Um, I, I, you yeah, know, it, it would is. be the same same question for the Easter Bunny, um, for the Tooth Fairy, Santa Claus. God, yeah. maybe. Um, well, <laughs> Stephanie's going to yeah, say be- God. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying I don't see anything wrong with having those holidays because, you know, I mean, honestly, if you don't like those holidays, you're just wound a little too tight in my book. Well, it's not the holidays that bother me, but what about the stories? You know that they're that telling the they're telling kids something that's not true. Big deal. The world they need to be prepared for the world. But, but so, what does telling them stories that are, isn't true do to prepare them for the world? Because then, when they come to the realization that there's no Santa Claus when they get a little older, then they realize that uh, everyone doesn't tell them exactly. You know, they tell little white lies. I suppose that I don't want to. I don't want to raise a kid that just thinks everybody tells the truth all the time. He'd be a sucker when he gets older. Yeah, I don't I suppose, know if they get I, there's this, an argument to be had. That there. impression. <laughs> I, I mean, I yeah. hope that I can raise a kid that uh, that understands that some people will lie to them and the daddy won't. That's what I would hope to raise. Yeah. Well, well as said. long as daddy sat down and told him the truth later, I think that everything would be okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't hold it against my parents for having um, told me yeah. you know, told me the Santa story. I mean, I, I think that there's a, a point to be had there. I got told the Santa story, and I was supposed to be Jewish, and I resented my parents for telling it to <laughs> so me. So they told you the Santa story and then said that he doesn't come to Jewish kids? We'll talk about we'll this in talk a second. We'll talk about this. Larry, thank you for the call. <laughs> 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Talk Live, 855 453. That's the SACL toll free call in line. 855 450 3733. Call in and talk about whatever you want. We've been talking about uh, Santa here for the last few minutes. And, uh, you know, what, what we think about Santa and the, the stories and, and things like that. If you, uh, if you have a uh, small child that uh, you don't want to hear uh, us talk frankly in an adult fashion about Santa, now's the time to switch to another channel. But. <laughs> 
you know, I think that I think it's an important topic to to talk about because. Oh yes, I do too. Parents are, um, you know, I mean, they're, they're all new parents are being created all the time, and I think that people should consider their parenting strongly. How whatever they do, they should consider it as opposed to just doing what has been done in the past. Uh, what do they call that? The logical fallacy, argumentum ad antiquium. Uh, maybe maybe oh, I'm like right. It's always been done this way, so right. that's good or this, that's this the way it should be for, done. For mom and dad and their mom and dad and their mom and dad. That does not you know that that is not a way to think about things. That is what they call a logical fallacy. It's no good. Um but I'm that doesn't mean that things that have that your parents did are necessarily bad. So it's, you know, you talk about these things, you discuss them, come up with a conclusion on your own, and, uh, you know, you go from there. Stephanie, real quick. Yes, uh, I would like to let you know about freedomengineering.org. The Freedom Engineers are a cadre of coders, creatives, and anarcho-capitalist nerds from around the unfree world who are, as I speak, collaborating on the technology and enterprises that are going to build the free future. And uh, as an avowed anarcho-capitalist nerd myself, I can say I'd probably fit in pretty well with these guys. So, <laughs> guys and ladies. Uh, yeah, I hate that term. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anarcho-capitalist? Yes. We'll talk about it after this uh, this message. But uh, you can join an inspired team that is 50 strong already and get the help that you need to compete uh, complete your radical idea. Or you can jump in and lend a hand with existing projects that are already in motion. Go to freedomengineering.org. Join the team by signing up for the free newsletter. Check out the blog and connect with the site. It's freedomengineering.org, and it's time to build freedom. So, um, Santa Claus. Now, you said that uh, you were raised Jewish, but your parents told you about Santa Claus. I'm very interested in this because uh, <laughs> Jewish kids don't get to celebrate Christmas generally. Um, they, you know, some of them, I suppose, do. But they this, get this to, was the quandary that they Hanukkah. faced because so my my dad was not religious. My mother was. Jewish, but not super religious Jewish, although she raised me, she sent me to Hebrew school mm-hmm. and Jewish school. Um, so this was the quandary they faced because we grew up in a suburb where most of the kids were um, some variety of Christianity. Mm-hmm. There were very few Jewish kids at the in the school where I went to. And so when it came Christ- time... Christmas is by no means a Christian holiday any longer. I mean, I... I yeah, that's true. It, it just, uh, it's ubiquitous. Uh, pretty much everybody celebrates it unless you have sort of a religious prohibition against celebrating it. Well, and that was an issue too because, you know, uh, there were a lot of people in the synagogue that I went to and, and um, I think my mom to a, to a certain extent who... Who kind of viewed it as a little bit anti-Semitic to just harp on Christmas as if it were like the end all be all when some people don't celebrate Christmas. And she she has a point. You know, it's true that not everybody celebrates Christmas. Not everybody celebrates Christmas. I and suppose. of course, this was like almost 30 years ago. So, mm. you know, <laughs> times were a little bit different then. But anyway, um, so. There came a time where all the kids at school were talking about Santa. And I'm sure that I came home and said, what's this Santa thing all about? Why don't I have Santa? You know, why doesn't Santa come to visit me? I'll bet, yeah. So then they they probably just told me, well, yeah, Santa does come visit you. And then so they told me that the Santa myth and, and I, of course, was as if it was real, as if it was real. Okay. Yep. And um, they they. It's funny because I can kind of remember a little bit about this. There were some years where they even went so far as to put out before Christmas on Christmas Eve to put out a carrot and uh, for the reindeer, of yeah. course, and a plate of milk and cookies we for did Santa. That. Sure. And I would see the next morning that it was gone and that the carrot evidence. had been nibbled on. Yep, evidence. But funny enough, um, I had a guinea pig for one year, ah. and once the guinea pig was gone, the carrot never got nibbled, but the cookies and milk st- still got eaten. And I would you know, a- people could eat carrots too. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. But my dad didn't like carrots. So. <laughs> and he was the one who ate the milk and cookies. And I figured that out pretty quick. Yeah. And so after a, a while, I kind of started ask. I got the inkling that it was really my dad who was drinking the milk and eating the cookies. How did you know that? I just had I a thought feeling. That same thing. Uh, you know, I go out in the morning and because, you know, my mind wanted to know, is this real or not? Uh, and I one year as an experiment, I probably was five or six uh, as an experiment. I didn't tell my parents what I wanted. I'm going to write a letter to Santa and I'm going to let oh, him know. Little empiricist. And, well, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm not going to. And I didn't get what I wanted, what I wrote down. Oh. And. So, yeah, it was always funny. Like, how do you address those letters to Santa? Santa, North Pole, put a stamp on it. Like, but Santa never always gave me what I wanted anyway, which then leaves me still in the question of what's going on. I mean, I had my own theory at the time that there was a Santa Claus for every town because there's no way that this guy could travel all over. Hmm. Uh, You know, that just wasn't that didn't my mind wouldn't accept this. But I did. You know, maybe maybe there's a Santa for every town. Turns out there's a Santa for every house. But um So. Did, did you ever think that you were, quote, a bad or you had been bad that no. year because you didn't get what you wanted? See, that's what I worry about, because when you tell kids this story like, well, the good kids get what they want, the bad kids get a lump of coal or mm-hmm. maybe something they don't want, whatever. Um, if a kid doesn't get what they want and if they did what you did, Mark, and didn't reveal to your parents what they actually wanted mm-hmm. and then didn't get what they wanted, would they think that they were bad and how would that affect them and stuff? You know what? And and I've thought I thought about this and decided, you know, for for me, I'm not going to hide Santa. I'm going to Santa's like Superman. Um, you know, I mean, he is a he's a I mean, you know, he's a fictional Imaginary. character that there's a lot of stories about. And it's fun to talk about Santa and Santa does lots of interesting things and, you know, all that kind of thing. I'm but I wasn't but I'm just not willing. I want my son to. Trust implicitly everything I say. I, I want to create that relationship. And I, I, Larry, I think brought up a really great point that, um, you know, hey, people in the world are going to lie to you. And, um, it's, it's interesting. I liked your rebuttal to that, though, that you want your kid to trust you, right? You want him to think that maybe some people will lie to him, but you're not one. I, I think that he'll probably figure that lesson out at some point or another. Sure, he, prob- yeah. he probably won't be 26 and uh, you know, <laughs> get his car taken from him. I think he'll probably you know figure out uh, that that people will tell lies uh, prior to that. But and we can have discussions about lying too. I'm just really concerned about that point in life where I want to. I really need to know this information. There was a lot of information that my parents would have been able to better parent with if I had given them that information. Hmm. And so I want to keep those lines of communication op- as open as I possibly can. Oh yeah. Now, you know, I mean, you're never going to get. I don't think you're ever going to get 100 percent with uh, when it comes to communication with your kids. I don't see how you can. Well, I mean. Young children, especially like their communication skills aren't as developed to the point where they can communicate everything. Mm -hmm. So you have to go that extra mile to try to understand what they're feeling and thinking. Right. And I don't want my child punished for um, the things that they that he wishes to communicate because, you know, you can get in you can get in trouble for saying the wrong things in this world. And so I don't want to create that relationship either, where I'm punishing him for the stuff he says. Yeah. You know, I think that there's some cuss words that we're going to have to discuss and how, you know, when it's appropriate to say them and when it's not. And, you know, what you what you say around your mother and what you don't say around your mother. I mean, these are going to be important things. But, um, you know, I, 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 I use and have used in my life cuss words. And so I'm, you know, I, I've, I, for me, what I've just decided to do is err on the side of truth as best I can. Um, you know, I, mean, I, I heard this story that I'd like to tell. This is pretty, 
This is pretty awful, but one of my friends told me this story. He was raised in a very religious, um, authoritarian household. And one day he saw the F word written on a bathroom stall, and he was five years old at the time. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know what it meant. Sure. Yeah, first time that happened. Uh, yep, that happened to me. Yep, somebody spelled it for me, and I sounded it out because um, it's not that hard of a word to figure out. Sure. Phonically, phonically, you can figure this word out just by spelling it. Um, but I, you know, I could read and spell at the time, but I had never heard the word before. And a friend of mine spelled it. The worst bad word is spelled F, and then they, you know, he pr- mm-hmm. proceeded to spell it out for me, and I said that word, duck. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, it just it, it came out of my mouth in such a weird way. And then out of the window of his house, we were near his house. Mm-hmm. His mother says, watch your mouth out there. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've never heard it before. Of course, well, at least that was all that happened that to you. At that point, cementing into my mind. And, and she revealed to mm. me through her reaction what this word was right. and how it can and how powerful it is. I'd said lots of words. They hadn't had that result before. Hmm. Yeah. Now I've got a powerful word. Exactly. Yeah. And a kid, when they don't understand that and they, they're not thinking about, you know, the comfort of other people around them or adults or anything, they're just curious, like, what does it mean? And they're kind of exploring it and yeah. trying to figure it out. So anyway, this friend of mine who's, who saw the F word on a bathroom stall when he was five and didn't know what it meant, that night he came home to his parents at the dinner table and he said, Dad, what does F mean? And he got beaten and mouth washed out with soap and for asking the question. Yes, mm. just for asking, and he had no idea what it meant. It was yeah. so. I guess the moral of the story is, you know, give your kids the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Well, I guess. I mean, I, it seems like an overreaction to me. Yeah. Eight five five four five zero free talk live or eight five five four five zero free on free talk live. DigHeadPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis hit in interplanetary space. Phoenix Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets Steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by L. Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigHeadPress.com. live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. You can call in with whatever's on your mind, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. So, um, Stephanie, you know, it appears as though we're really getting serious in this uh, Republican race for the POTUS position. The Yeah, um, yeah. you do, I don't know whether Newt's going to be the the pick or not. Um, it's getting it's getting oh, really gosh, close. I hope not. <laughs> Iowa's on the third, I believe. New Hampshire's on the tenth. Um, those are the races. You know, those are the first races. They kind of really vet the field. If you lose bad in those races, you just don't come back from them. Um, it, it literally does get earlier every year, right? It has gotten a little earlier. Yes. Yeah. And. You know, that that's it. <laughs> you know? I, mean, I don't know why it is that about five states really, by the time Florida rolls out on the 31st, the race is going to be over. 
Um, sure. And I don't know who's going to. At at one point, I would have said there's Ron Paul has no chance. At this point, I don't think I'm willing to say that anymore. I think that he does seem to have a chance. He's got his campaign does seem to be peaking. He could very well come in first in Iowa. And that would be tremendous. Now, I've heard some of the talking heads already saying things like if he uh, comes in first in Iowa, that um, that it it discredits the Iowa caucus. They're actually prepared to discredit the electoral uh, system that we have rather than to say that Ron Paul is a credible candidate. (laughs) Yeah, which is why I think which is why I'm very cautious about any having any kind of optimism or getting my hopes up about this at all you know what i mean Have you felt like the twinge of optimism about it well i mean i think it's nice that his ideas are getting out there at mm-hmm. least the ideas that i like like the peace and mm-hmm. you know the mostly that he's talking about those things. individual liberty yes and that's great i mean i disagree with his whole like close the borders thing you well, know, he seems to what his I haven't heard his, him talk about that much, sh- though, which not I, much. Is good. His shtick on the border seems to be we need to get our house in order here before we uh, open borders. Um, I'm believe that free people should be able to cross borders of free uh, countries freely. Yeah, that that would be an indication of freedom. And if the, you don't have those things, then you don't have a free country. Um, but I, I understand the point of there being, you know, a lot of confusion um, here. And I don't think that. It, it, I think you could probably set it up so that free people could cross borders freely, and they're just not—they're um, they, not able to get the welfare and all the freebies that um, they may come across the border for. I don't see that they have the right to those freebies. I don't see anybody, sure. frankly, as having the right to freebies. Um, yeah, no I, matter where they were born. But I mean, I don't want to get too off track here. I do uh, want to bring up—you know—keep on the subject of Ron Paul, which you brought up originally, Mark, and which was that you know I am. I do feel kind of happy that his ideas are seem to be gaining traction. He's mm-hmm. getting a lot of endorsements. A lot of people are noticing him more, and that's good because it means the ideas Drop are holes. getting a foothold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, the the political process to me, um, I'm extremely wary. Like I wouldn't, oh, yeah. I wouldn't get my hopes up for that. And I, I really, you know, these things may be exciting to hear about, but I'd encourage the listeners to kind of separate the communication aspect of it from the political aspect of it right like be excited that the ideas are getting out there don't necessarily put all your hopes and money and thoughts and energy on the fact that oh what if ron paul wins you know because i still think in the grand scheme of things it's pretty unlikely that he's going to become president and even if he did I don't know how much he could change or if the powers that be so-called would allow him to continue. I think if he did become president, that it would be a real change for the um, United States government. And I think that it would be a positive one. But I'm I do share concerns. And what this has really been revealed to me is when we started out on this adventure of Ron Paul in 2012, the campaign, I was not as jaded about the media as I am today. Mm hmm. I'm really disgusted by what I've seen from the media. I mean, Mm. you know, essentially every hurdle that any other candidate might have, Ron Paul's is three times as high. I mean, Ron Paul, you know, the Ames, Iowa poll that puts Michelle Bachman as a first tier candidate. Ron Paul is a very close second and they discredit it. Somehow they discredit him coming in second, but credit her being uh, coming in first. And now some of these uh, these people on the left and the right, it's not just Fox News. It's not just MSNBC. It's both of them saying things like if Ron Paul wins Iowa, then the Iowa caucus has been discredited. 
I yeah. mean, it, crazy. This isn't your opinion. This isn't time, you know, the, the, the opportunity. Journalists shouldn't be giving their opinion like this. And any pundit that comes in and, and says that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is just revealing what a status quo uh, kind of individual they are. Um, I mean, you know, the, if anybody can look around America and say that it's the same place it was four years ago, they're not paying attention. Mm. And it does, you know, the, the polls have uh, shown that those that are in the political class really don't have a, a grip as to what has happened in, <laughs> um, for most Americans. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like the whole let them eat cake thing. Yeah, Americans are extraordinarily disenchanted with their political process. And Ron Paul is the only viable alternative to essentially the standard Democrat, uh, standard sort of centrist Democrat and standard sort of centrist Republican that tend to get into the office. Uh, Newt Gingrich is a centrist. That's why he was Speaker of the House. Centrist just means big government on every issue, really. It's pretty much I mean, just what it means. It's the authoritarian yeah. center. There's somebody who coined that phrase. Yeah. Now I can't remember who it was, but it's accurate because if someone is a centrist, they're just proposing big government that appeals to the authoritarian left and the authoritarian right. And so... Yeah, that's essentially it. They tend to take the position of authority on both sides and the centrists tend to be the biggest uh, authoritarians and the position of of president has grown in power over and over again. And and I think that, you know, we absolutely need some kind of pendulum swing or you're going to see the government get so big, bloated and expensive that it will have completely spent itself into insolvency. I think it already has. And that you might have the (laughs) opportunity for somebody who has some kind of fiscal sense to salvage it. But at this, I mean, this is how empires fail, people. You may very well not have what if it's an America. Too, too big in, to fail, Mark. <laughs> I don't think it. No, <laughs> it's not. The Roman Empire wasn't too big, big to fail. The Byzantine Empire, the Ottoman Empire, there's no such thing because there's nobody to bail it out. Yeah, and yeah. I was going to say, I think it's actually too big to survive yep. the current U.S. government the way it is. Yep. I mean, there, and, there's just so much debt. There's so much. They're financing all these wars by and entitlements by inflation and by spending and without paying for it. You know, and by taxation, which people aren't going to be able to keep to affording the pace of taxation and that we're at. Folks, you know, whether they support Obama or whether they support Gingrich or whether they support Romney, they're crying all the way to the polls. We gotta have this guy. We've got you. Gotta have my guy. He's the only one. But your guy is gonna spend us into insolvency. He's yeah. not going to to Nothing change significant's anything. Going to change, no. right? And, and I, I I tend to think that it is going to be it is going to be an uphill road for Ron Paul to get into the office of president. It is going to yeah. be an amazing thing if that's what happens. Yeah, I'm, and I hope people realize that because to get back onto this i mean i just i can't help but think back to 2008 Mm -hmm. especially here in new hampshire where people were like well maybe he's got a chance maybe he's going to win the primary or at least he'll make a really respectable showing in the primary Mm -hmm. and then he got like eight or nine percent percent, and and like people were depressed Mm -hmm. people were like i'm never i'm not a libertarian anymore then people were like oh it must have been fraud let's do a recount and Mm. they just stressed themselves out i think the fraud people had some interesting points i'm not saying that i think that ron paul got more votes than i don't think he got more than his eight or nine percent but they really did show the if not fraud the the lax attitude towards votes oh yeah that and the, the bias the sworn um, civil servants have. I mean, they're not doing their jobs. So, I, I mean, it, it makes one wonder about the electoral process in general. Yeah. I mean, but I, I think I mean, you know, um, he, he didn't win the primary. 
right? John McCain or whoever won in New Hampshire. I don't even remember I who won in New Hampshire. Yeah, McCain and uh, Clinton uh, yeah. won in New Hampshire. But, you know, it, it it's a different run this time. He he has a possibility. Uh, Reuters just has a story out here where he's uh, being called a front runner and – that's amazing that Reuters, as he says, Ron Paul gains ground further stirring Republicans is the uh, the title to it. And it's that's it, cool. It says I just his campaign's peaking at the right time. And I think his campaign is peaking at the right time. Yeah, I think I agree. I just I'm really cautious and I don't want people to get their hopes up lest they get too disappointed. The political process is an uh, is an up and down zero sum game. The people that have their hopes up for Romney and Gingrich, and they could get their one of them is going to get their, their hopes dashed. Free Talk Live, 855-450. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Call in with, uh, well, what you want, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. Live Sunday edition of the show. If you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com is the place to go to get it. They've got knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. They've got uh, the big-name brands, the the, the, the more ec- economy-based brands. They've got everything over there. And the rates are some of the best you're going to find on the Internet. Now, the family-owned and operated. They've got uh, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. But... The rates, I mean, because it, when it comes to the Internet and buying online, the price matters. And they know it at manventureoutpost.com. Some prices are so low the manufacturers can't even mention. If you're thinking about camping gear or hunting gear or shooting gear, go there and check first. Uh, use coupon code FTL and you get additional 5% off. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. Let's go to Rick calling uh, – from XM. Does he have a Santa story? San Antonio? No, he doesn't. <laughs> Rick, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yeah, how y'all doing today? All's well. <laughs> Good. I, I called in when I heard y'all say that Ron Paul only got 5%. You make it sound bad. He didn't tell the whole truth. Ron Paul and a lot of these polls are in second or in first. He's got more than 5% of them. Wait, I, I, I'm confused about the when 5%. When did we say when did we say that? Yeah, I don't remember saying 5%. I don't remember saying that. You, you said it a while ago, a few minutes ago. That's why I called in. I was listening. Okay, I think 5%. the only percentage we talked about was Ron Paul showing in New Hampshire in, Primary, 2000, in, in 2008. In 2008. Um, and that was between 8 okay, and 9%. Okay, I must have been heard it because yeah. I was going to say because. He's in first or second and then up in Iowa. Yeah, in Iowa, he's in a statistical tie for he's in a statistical tie for first in Iowa, um, according to uh, one recent poll, and I find that very very heartening. Now, what concerns me is what the media has already uh, some some in the media have already suggested that they're going to say that the Iowa caucus doesn't count because Ron Paul has somehow done his voodoo magic on it. I mean, I don't I don't even know what these people think. Uh, apparently. 
the you know the 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 caucus that has mattered for decades here in the, this country won't matter if Ron Paul wins. And I'm wondering how many. That's, that's not a thing. Yeah, how how many primaries would he have to win before they shut up and realize that he's the one who's going to win? I mean, I I mean, are they are they that vested? Well, if he wins, they'll be saying, "Oh, well, I supported him they're, all they're, along." <laughs> they're that biased, but you know, they can say, "Oh, yes, he wins. I support him all along." But we're gonna know the truth. We know he didn't support him. That's all there is to it. We know what? You know, if, if it's vested, we know oh, they're see. gonna say if he does win, like she said, "Oh, we supported him after all." But we're gonna know the truth. We know these. People did not support him. Oh yeah, you know, and, and he is. You know, I hear about it every day on talk, talk, different talk radio shows. They they bring up Ron Paul saying they got to. No offense, even like I don't even like the guy Glenn Beck. Deep down inside, if you listen to his words, this little thumb is going to vote for him if you listen to his words. They haven't. Ron Paul is out there, you know. He's uh, he's speaking truth to. I think Paul. Glenn. I, I think Ron Paul's the best choice. Frankly, here's what I think, um, Rick. I think that nobody has a choice to vote for anybody but Ron Paul, and here's why: um, the Republicans, anybody, <laughs> That's pretty who, bold, statement. you know, or you could have the choice of not voting. <laughs> but the Republicans, um, if if you want to, if the Republicans want a Republican to win, they have to understand that if Ron Paul runs third party, and he's threatened, he's suggested that he may do so. He says he has yeah. no intention. But if he does, the Republican yeah. doesn't win. So therefore, as a Republican, the only choice you have, if you want a Republican to win, you can cry about it. You can moan about it. You can talk about how good Newt or Huntsman or whomever is. But the only choice you have, because you know the reality of the situation, and no, anybody, I dare, double dog dare anybody to call in and rebut this statement, that Ron Paul, if he runs third, is going to sink the Republican. And if that's... You know if that's so, the Republicans have no choice but to vote for him. Democrats, I mean, why in the world wouldn't a Democrat vote for Ron Paul um, in the primary? Because, well, I mean, isn't he the superior choice to the other Republicans um, running? That's right. So, and another thing, too, like you mentioned about, about running for third-party independent, you know, there's a good chance that if he runs for that third-party independent, he can, he can go ahead and win the presidency. Because this, this ain't the first time if he does do that. There's been a president elected for third party to come out and win the thing. I don't know. I, I'd have to check that out, but I, I, I maybe maybe yeah, you're I, right. I, I, I forgot what president it was, but there's been one president that won on the independent ticket. There's I will, only been one. It can be the second one. I'll check it out. I I think it might be the uh, the Bull Moose Party is, uh, that that comes to mind from was school. That- Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt, Roosevelt or something. I'm gonna yeah. I'm, I'm gonna check that out during the break, but I do appreciate your call, Rick. Thanks for calling in here on Free Talk Lives Live Sunday edition. 855-450-3733. You know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it it's a funny, funny race. Could Ron Paul win? If people listen to my uh, reason here, because you're not going to hear this kind of reasoning from any of the others because they just no. <laughs> want, for whatever reason, they – frankly, if the media has a slight bias to the liberal side, I think maybe they do, wouldn't it be in their interest never to say that the Republican will lose if Ron Paul runs third? I mean, you can see Sir. every one of the Republican pundits, whenever they talk to Ron Paul, they get right in his face. Will you promise on a stack of Bibles not to run third party if we beat you fair and square? If we manage to drive your old butt into the dirt, do you promise not to run third? There's a vein popping out yeah. in your neck, Mark. Well, I mean, this is, this is the absolute fear that they have that he'll run third because the Republican can't win. Romney can't win. 
Gingrich can't win. Huntsman can't win if Ron Paul runs third. The only choice a Republican voter has in the primary is to vote for Ron Paul if they want the Republican to win. They don't have to like it. They just have to live with the truth. You don't have to like gravity. You just got to live with it. <laughs> Straight talk from Mark. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Matt in Illinois. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. Um, <laughs> this, the gentleman that just called last, uh, last, uh, the, the gentleman that just called before the me, previous he said that, yeah, he said that there was only one third party candidate that ever won. And he's right. And that third party candidate was, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Was third and, party? What? Really? Right. Okay. Because before there was the Republican Party, there was the Whigs and everything else. And Abraham Lincoln, at the time when he was running for president, Abraham Lincoln was actually running as a third party candidate. So, okay. Um, uh, so, but at the time, uh, so Abraham just the Lincoln, two the, parties were different the than Whigs they are didn't today. Exist at that time. Right. Right. It's a lot different than it was. It was a lot different back then than it is right now. So that's kind of like a, a moot statement to make. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. Sure. There, I mean, as time has goes on, gone, excuse me, gone on, it's definitely true that the 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 system has moved in such a way to make it even harder for third parties to break in, to get ballot access, to get into the debates, to get financing, and all the kinds of stuff. The two parties have realized how dangerous a third party is to their duopoly, yeah. so they're not going to give it up. Um, and that makes it makes perfectly good sense that if the one thing that the Democrats and the Republicans can agree upon is that a third party would be a terrible thing for their um, for their particular power, and so they've worked together on that. Matt, do you have something else? Yes, yes, I do. Then hold the line. 855-450-3733 here on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Free. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. Did you feel like I was talking a little too fast there, Stephanie? No, it, it was fine. You were looking at me like I was uh, going a little crazy. Well, you know, it's a crazy I night was, here. I'm sorry, Mark. I didn't mean to portray that image. I was just <laughs> smiling back to something that happened in the last segment. <laughs> it's wild here on a Sunday night here on the uh, you live. You never know what's going to happen. Hey, I wish Mo would call back in. <laughs> <laughs> Mo was he a was really priceless. great caller. Yeah, 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 really great caller. We love you, Mo. Eight five five. That was uh, a couple of Sundays ago. You'll have to go back, and you can get the archives free at archives.freetalklive.com. I think it was two Sundays ago. Do you, th- mm. you think so? Yep, that sounds about right. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. We make all those archives available to you completely free. I know those other talk show hosts don't do that. As a matter of fact, if you just want to get 
their podcast you have to pay. I don't even know what they do for archives. We give five years of archives free at archives.freetalklive.com. It's all yours. Do what you want with them. You can't beat that. Yeah, whether you're in the garden or commuting to work or working out or whatever. Free Talk Live is there for you. We're providing content. Matt in Illinois. Let's go back to Matt real quick. Matt, what's up? what else is on your mind? I know you had something else. Hey, well, I apologize for not being Mo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, are you sick? You sound a little bit uh, under yeah, the weather. I do have a bit of a cold. Uh, I'm sorry been, to hear um, that. Working out outside uh, all week last week. I'm, I'm collecting uh, money for a uh, for a charity called the Salvation Army. And Which I'm I ring fond a bell of, and uh, collect uh, co- people put money in a in a red bucket. Hmm. That's what and, they do. Uh, yeah. While I'm doing this, I uh, I've had a lot, uh, quite a few interesting experiences. I've met quite a few people. I bet you have. Tell us one of them. And well, one of them was uh, was claiming to be um, well. He, he claimed he was born in 1884. Excellent. And did he, he look like? Did he look like it, or year old child? Did he look like it, or was he like a, a Highlander? No, no, he he looked more like about ten years older than I am. So he was amazingly well uh, mm. preserved. Well, the, and, the, the 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 immortals they don't age the same way. I see. He may have yeah. chopped somebody's head off recently too. Yes, he he also claimed that he owned uh, half of the Mars Corporation, which makes like, him in Mars. Um, Mars, Mars. Oh, yes, yes, okay. This gets and, better and better. Um, he couldn't get his money. He, him and his eighteen-year-old son were on welfare because he couldn't get his money because they were they were preventing him from doing so. By they, I mean the government. It's a conspiracy. Uh, and, uh, and he had uh, he had worked at the White House back in the eighties under the Reagan administration, and I asked him what he did, and he said he ruled the world. Mm. He ran the world. I'm sorry, he ran the world. Ran the world. This is he this is entertaining. The, the State Department. <laughs> now, Matt, I, I have a question about the Salvation Army because uh, yes. I've I've read something recently about the Salvation Army, namely that they. Um, their institutional policies may be anti-gay or anti, at least anti-gay marriage. Do you know anything about that? Interesting that you should bring that up because that was actually what I was going to say after I talked about this gentleman. Um, the, another gentleman one morning came up to me and uh, he told me that he had uh, supported the uh, the Salvation Army for years and had donated for years. And he decided not to give any money um, uh, anymore because they were anti-gay, and he read about them being anti-gay. No, I don't know anything, but it doesn't surprise me. They are a Christian organization. So... They, well, they're a church. Um, I mean, is the, the right? They're a church. They're, the and they're not going to to go down to their individual bell ringers on the street. Um, especially somebody like me. I haven't had a job in three years. I get an opportunity at a job. I'm jumping at it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you know. I, and it, it doesn't matter to me if, if, the, if, if Satan himself is running the damn organization as long as they're paying me because I'm interested in eating and paying my rent. Now, yeah, so, and I, um, Matt, I don't have I, any. I'm, I'm not going to say any. I have any problem with that. I, I would, you know, my question would be, um, sort of this: A, 
what does the Salvation Army, even if they take a stand against gay marriage, what do they really have to do as far as power on gay marriage? And I would think that it would be very well, little. according to this article right. that I just pulled up here, it's not just gay marriage. They apparently lobbied against laws in New Zealand and the U.K., um, that criminalized homosexual acts. Mm-hmm. So they want to, wanted to keep those criminalized. Lobbied against, okay. And um, also in the U.S., they have um, lobbied against like non-discrimination laws uh, for gay people. Well, now, and Describe this lobbying process to me. So um, they collected money and signatures, and they tried to influence the the passage of those laws. Yeah, I I've know. got a problem with that. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And here's a good thing about that. You don't have to drop any money in their bucket. Yeah. Sure. And you can walk up to a person like me who's standing out there and has not nothing to do with it. S <laughs> from Shinola and tell me, hey, you know, you know what I did is I told my superior, look, some guy came up, he was he would have dropped a, a dollar bill in the bucket, but he said we're against gay people, and and he's not gay. So I mean, there you go. It's uh, you know, this is this is not a government organization that that is uh, forcing you to pay for it. So if you're against them, don't drop any money in the bucket, and that's fine with me. I'm st- I'm still getting paid whether you're putting money in my bucket or not. I know that they do a lot of good things. I don't agree with the uh, the gay issue either. But there are good things that, that, that they do. I know that they give food and shelter yep. and clothing and I think to that this a is an important people who really need it. This is an important thing to consider is if you have a problem with what the Salvation Army has done here, is what are you going to do to help poor people? Because the Salvation Army has been in a very effective organization in helping people that don't that other folks don't want to mess with. Every year while I was in prison, I got a pair of socks. I think it was three pairs of socks. Maybe three pairs of socks, a toothbrush, some candy, and some, and some cards that I could send out to my family from the Salvation Army. And I'm never going to forget that. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. when, I, when I was at at my lowest for years, the Salvation Army was there to help me. And I never – there wasn't another organization. I mean every other organization could have done that. I think one other year, one other uh, not-for-profit did something uh, for the prisoners. But no other organization did that. And it, it takes commitment to be able to work through the administrative administration to be able to, to give things to prisoners. It takes a commitment level. It takes um, – you know, it takes a uh, an administration of your – an organization to be able to get the things from one person to another. So if you're going to choose not to help the Salvation Army, don't choose not to help poor people and, and prisoners and whoever right. it is, uh, you know, those that are down on their luck, unemployed people and all that stuff. Don't choose not to help them. Figure out how you can help them, even if you're going to, you know, not choose to help the Salvation Army. And actually, this is this is a really good point, because this came up before um, the idea that some people object to private charity, because, for instance, like, you, you know, you shouldn't have to convert to some religion that you don't agree with or follow some social mores that you don't agree with, for instance, anti-gay stuff, just to get help. And uh, I think the the solution to that is that there are many different kinds of charities, not all of whom espouse religious ideas. There are secular charities. There are actually um, charities that exist just to help um, uh, LGBT folks as well. So they may very may very well be. Now yeah. I'd like to another thing I'd like to point out about the Salvation Army. Before we go on, Matt, do you dress up like Santa Claus when you're out there ringing that bell? Yes, I do. <laughs> Can you send us pictures? 
Um, I can. If I can get somebody to take a picture for me, I will try to remember next week. It's the last week that I'll be working. Cool. I, I will try to remember. However, if you go to uh, YouTube and type in S. Blastman, B-L-E-S-T-M-A-N, you will see me dress as I dress when I'm ringing a bell. And I am doing the spoken word of a song that I made up. Uh, from um, the tune uh, Stairway to Heaven called Sleigh Ride from Santa. Cool. All right. Um, uh, thanks for the call, Matt. I appreciate it. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. BigEdPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis hit in interplanetary space. Phoenix Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets Steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by L. Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigEdPress.com. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Call in with uh, whatever's on your mind. I want to tell you about a Christmas gift that's perfect for the activist in your life. Whether you are an activist, maybe you can get uh, maybe you can get the 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 significant other to purchase this for you or purchase it for yourself. It's a really great idea. I've got one in my car. It's called the GPS black box dash cam and what it does is it records your gps location and it has a a video of the front and the back of the car inside the passenger compartment it goes basically where a uh, fuzz buster would go right in the middle of the windshield and so it can see you what's going on out the back window what's going on out the front window because it can't got a camera in front and back it's got audio so that if you get pulled over by a police officer and his story doesn't say match up with reality you've got reality and oh gee that never happens right you know (laughs) So, you know, in court, if your opinion differs with what the police officers is, they don't believe you, but they have to believe the video. And if you've got this device, you're in great shape. It records the last eight hours of video. You don't have to mess with it. I don't even touch mine. It just comes on and does its thing. And it, uh, you know, just cycles through, keeps the last eight hours. So if you're in an accident and, you know, say your insurance company is claiming that uh, something happened that didn't happen, whatever, you are protected. And this is a great device to have for for the activists. So, you know, you never know what uh, why you're going to need it. But I think this I think everybody should have one personally. And I think they should be in all cars, but they're not. So you've got to have you've got to buy this for your car. It's whether it's traffic stops or other driving incidents. Protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. Go buy yours. I have got mine freedomcam.net so the ron paul uh situation phenomenon that's going on uh, the uh, jay leno had him on the other night and yeah he got three segments that's heard you talk about that last night on big, the show big deal 
Reuters has got a positive positive story. Not you know, I mean, Reuters is an actual news organization. They tend to be not quite as uh, biased. Several as some. Um, pretty major mainstream journalists have endorsed Ron Paul or said mm-hmm. positive things about him. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, you can't say anything about his campaigning. It's been it's been fabulous. And that in 2008, I didn't like Ron Paul's campaign much. Um, it, here in t- 20, 2012. I like how things are going a lot better. I wish that they'd let him come on uh, Free Talk Live and talk, but if for whatever reason they've come to the conclusion that, uh, you know, Free Talk Live, bad, bad juju, I don't know what it is, uh, but they're, they're, not, <laughs> they're not letting it happen. So um, You should let him on the Sunday show. That's right. <laughs> Republican presidential hopeful Ron Paul declared on Wednesday his campaign was peaking at the right time as polls show him closing in on the two perceived frontrunners. And and frankly, some polls have shown him in front of the two perceived frontrunners. I don't know whether Newt is uh, peaked too soon. I don't I don't know whether he has the staying power. I don't know whether it's going to be Huntsman or Santorum or Gingrich or one of the others. I have no idea. But um so yeah. they're also distasteful. Santorum is, is the least tasteful. That's uh, yeah. That's when I said ugh. When yeah, it, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's just the worst of them for me. If you don't know the colloquial meaning of that, uh, you should probably look yeah, into it. Google Santorum. Yeah. The but <laughs> Santorum is the most legitimate conservative on the stage, and this is what I don't really? quite understand. He is. He's absolutely what, 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 conservative. What defines legitimate? He fits. When you look at the Nolan chart of what a conservative is. Santorum is conservative oh, on every issue. He's I see. You mean basically stuck in the past? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, he's uh, he's a social conservative. He's very, uh, you know, he's anti-gay. Yeah. He's uh, got all the conservative issues, you know, highly anti-abortion. You know, he's got all the Republican conservative issues down socially. And he's he frankly has voted right when it comes to sort of the economic stuff. He's stayed conservative on everything. I mean, Santorum has that cred. And now, to me, I find him the most disgusting of the candidates because I don't like the, his stand on uh, on gays. I think that he just he's fixated on them in a in a strange way. Oh yeah. <laughs> but he's a good looking man. He's tall and he's uh, highly conservative. What do you want from a candidate? But he hasn't gotten any kind of traction. Um, another one is. Uh, Governor Gary Johnson. Now, as from an economic from an economic uh, standpoint, this is the best guy from having had the the um, governor experience, the executive experience, and he's vetoed all kinds of bills. He's the veto as governor in the history of the United States. This guy should have gotten some kind of play. Never got any. It's um, it's interesting how mm, it just yeah. kind of you know the the. the, the the system goes. I don't know. I mean, I don't know who to blame Politics for that. is a dirty, dirty game. <laughs> <laughs> so they say the libertarian congressman from Texas with a uh, passionate core of followers complained that pundits were dismissing his long shot campaign prematurely and sounded optimistic about catching former Massachusetts Mitt Romney and former House of Representatives, Massachusetts governor, excuse me, Mitt Romney. Former House of Representatives Speaker Newt Gingrich, all three and others are seeking to represent the Republicans and unseat Democratic President Barack Obama next November. And I don't think Barack Obama can beat Ron Paul if it was a two person race. Now, I don't know. What Haven't there been some like um, pretend, you know, fantasy polls, polls? Yeah. about that and Obama doesn't win? But we're so far out. It, it, yeah. it's, it's been very close and the economy's not going to get better. And the, Osama bin Laden's already dead. 
They can't kill him twice. So, um, Unless they bring him back. Well, you know, I guess they've killed him a few times, but, but they at can this certainly point they've invent- really got him get dead as, uh, from their, uh, their stories. Yeah, but they can certainly invent someone to take his place, some new boogeyman, you know. It, it could be. Um, I don't know. But I don't think the, the polls make uh, – the polls get better as you get closer, I think. And at this point, you really can't say because people just don't know much. They've got. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. It's speculation. Most folks don't know who Ron Paul is um, and so therefore asking them their, them his name isn't particularly effective. They're just saying whether or not they'd be willing to vote for Barack Obama. And at this point, it's basically 50-50. So mm. it, can only, it can only go up for the Republican at that point. Now, I don't know what would happen if somebody ran third um, against uh, Paul and Obama. My claim is always uh, is and, and will remain that Ron Paul needs to be the Republican if Republicans want the Republican to win because the Republican can't win if Ron Paul runs third. That's the statement. So the momentum is building, and a lot of candidates so far would come and go. They would uh, shoot to the top and drop back rapidly. Ours has been steady growth. Then, in the last week or two, there's been a sudden extra growth, Paul told reporters after meeting uh, voters in Amherst, New Hampshire. Public Policy Polling, that's uh, in capitals, so that's the name of an organization, released a survey on Tuesday showing him one percentage point behind Gingrich. For the lead in Ohio, and that's within the margin of error. So statistically, number one, along with Gingrich, tied for one. Paul took 21% in the survey compared to 22% for Gingrich and Romney, third at 16 in New Hampshire, which follows Iowa's caucus with a primary election on January the 10th, Romney led 33% in a Rasmussen poll um, released on Tuesday. Gingrich was second with 22 and Paul third at 18. So – you know, Paul's pretty close in, in New Hampshire, according to this poll, that he is in Iowa. So it should be very interesting. For those of you out there that are Ron Paul supporters and, and believe in God, pray for snow. Um, pray for a giant <laughs> blizzard that sweeps from west to east. Why wouldn't, uh, starting... they, why wouldn't they just pray for Ron Paul to win? They could do that, too. But uh, that, would be, that, that would be a really great way for God Seems to do about it. Seems equally I can tell as effective. You... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how about... How about um... How about get out and do something? Tell like your what? tell your friends about Ron Paul if you believe that that would be an effective thing to do. There's a big phone call campaign, call from home campaign for the the Paul uh, campaign, and you can uh, go to uh, Ron Paul 2012 to be involved in that. I see. Um, his, he's uh, doing a money bomb right now. Um, I don't like that terminology, but that's what they're doing. They're raising money. Trying yeah, to get I don't. To I don't like the terminology either. Five, up to four million. They're very close. They're sending out these uh, really great slim gyms to everybody. They're mailers, and they're the super mailer, I believe, is what they're calling them. They're great. They're informed. They really um, they, they speak to just about everybody's concerns to the government um, as far as the government goes. And I think that uh, getting those in the hands of voters is uh, going to be a powerful thing. One thing Ron Paul's going to do during this uh, primary that so many aren't going to be able to do, that none of them are going to be able to do besides Ron Paul, is bring in the folks that wouldn't otherwise vote. And I think that that's going to be the real surprise is the p- people that straggle in and say, yeah, I'm going to go in and vote for Ron Paul that wouldn't otherwise mm-hmm. go and vote for any one of these people. Because, yeah. frankly, There's between the other no candidates, choice. Yeah. yeah, you're just you're just comparing colostomy bags at that point. You know, oh, this one feels a little less full Burn. than that one or whatever. And it's, <laughs> it's this really, one feels a little less full. Well, I mean, wow. you know, if you're picking your if you're picking a, between colostomy bags, what do you have to choose from? Oh, my goodness. It's not, yeah, it's aren't not those, pretty. I mean, aren't the 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 young people the people who don't have landlines you know aren't those the people that usually are not included in the polls also so 
if these polls are indicating that Ron Paul might have some success there, he might have even more success because the people who are likely to support him wouldn't even be included in those polls. You know, 18 percent in a in the New Hampshire primary would be a very good showing. I don't know what that would mean for uh, the nomination, but it would one be a more very, time. Very... Disclaimer: Don't get your hopes up. I just hate to see people's hopes dashed by this kind of thing. Yeah, it's a long shot. Look for the worst, hope for the best, and you. But you've got to try if if that's what you want the result to be. Sure. Things don't happen if you don't make an effort. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Not only is Free Talk Live heard on more than 100 great radio stations around the country, and XM, and free-to-air satellite, and of course we've got the live streams at uh, at freetalklive.com. We've got the webcam, where you can see what's going on in the studio at cam.freetalklive.com. The listen lines where you can call in to a telephone number, and if, if all you have is cell phone connectivity, you can listen to Free Talk Live. Just get those numbers at listen.freetalklive.com. All kinds of great options, all free, listen.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Ed in Jackson, Tennessee. Free Talk How Live, Ed, doing, you're on. How y'all doing? All's well. Hi, Ed. Hi, Stephanie. Uh... Okay, I want to bust a lot of this stuff. We y'all talking about spankings again? <laughs> yeah, on Saturday. Well, on that was last Saturday night. night right? um, yeah, last night. I'm talking about last night. Yep. At, in 2011, we're still talking about hitting kids. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable, me? huh? Hey, all this stuff about discipline. What are you trying to discipline them about? I want indiscipline. <laughs> I mean, are you people kidding me? When what age? What's the benefit to indiscipline? Hitting kids and spanking kids. I don't want to hit them when they're six months old, or if they're one year old, or if they're three years old, or they're eight years old, or they're eighteen years old. Yeah, Ed, you're supposed to. I don't want to hit them. You're supposed to beat the good behavior into them, right? The beatings will continue until morale improves. I want free thinkers, and like I tell people. We're all liars, and the person we lie to the most is ourselves. Mm. What's we that have to do with spanking? What? Okay. Well, Santa Claus. Go I got my little list here. Okay. Can I keep going, y'all. Yeah, you can. You can talk about whatever you want. I'm just trying to follow. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, have you, have you caught up? I, I think so. We're talking about Santa Claus. Okay. We're the biggest liars. Y'all talking okay. about Santa Claus? All right. Okay. We'll add the Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. This is this religious nonsense. Santa, Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny are religious? I mean, are you oh, yeah, me? they're supernatural. I mean, they're Why not based in... tell them about an Easter Bunny or yeah. a Santa Claus? Well, it's this religious uh, garbage. 
Okay. And look, I got a heck of a quote here to back this up. Those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. Mm. Well said, Ed. Yep. Um, we had a caller call in, and, and actually he asked a question that I thought was, eh, you know, whatever I think about the question doesn't really matter. But what about, do you ask children whether the sun rises, do you tell ch- your children whether the sun rises and sets, or do you explain to them, um, you know, the, the rotation of the earth? I mean, the- I don't tell them anything. I have fun with them. <laughs> <laughs> I love but Ed. all that. Hey, they'll learn it on no, Read Paul Goodman. Paul Goodman? Who's that? This, this guy came out as being homosexual like in the 40s. He wrote the That's book. That's going to be tough. Growing Up Absurd. All right. Yes, I'm t- familiar with this book. He bucked the school system. He what? He bucked the school he, system? He bust the school system at that time just like everybody does today. Yeah. But he, he tells you how the school should be run and set up. It ought to be a lot of freedom. He says you shouldn't even have grades up to age like 12 or 13. It ought to be just like a university for kids they just go in and do what they want to do have fun get on the computers do this yeah i tend to think the kids will learn what they what they need to learn on their own well how do adults are teaching themselves things all the time we're always learning but we don't have formal grades yeah. or anything like this that. This is one place that I, I tend to come. My son, Jack, is very interested in reading. I, I'm sure the folks believe that because my son can read to some extent that we're uh, you know sitting behind him with a, with a lash making him do it. The fact is that he can get all kinds of mommy and daddy attention um, by sitting down with books. He's very interested in books. He likes the, the characters and he wants to talk about what's going on in them. He sits down now and tells the little stories as he goes through. I mean, he does, does what older kids do. Hey, Mark, how old's your son? Three and a half. Hey, I'll, hey my advice to you, I've got a, a 28-year-old. My advice to you at three and a half, all I can tell you is hold him all you can. Yeah, yeah. It, it does Talk go fast. Him, be good to him. And that's it. And let it go and let him think for himself. So how'd your 28-year-old come out if you are uh, letting kids run wild and uh, just giving them hugs and stuff? Hey, all, all of them have been super. Hey, listen to this little story. And, and since you don't know who I am, it doesn't really matter. But listen to this. My ex-wife let me watch her two daughters because, you know, I had a son where they, she one, one of the daughters was eight and the other one was five. Mm-hmm. And listen, it was almost embarrassing. When she would ask them, where do they want to go? If anybody can watch them, who do you want to watch them? It would be me. Mm, I bet. Because, Ed, you respect and kids I mean, look, and you treat and look, them as people. My grandmother asked one day in front of everybody, which was kind of awkward, but we kind of all get along. Everybody likes me but my ex-wife. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Why do you suppose that is? Uh, well, she's got some reasons. But anyway. All right. <laughs> the, the, the children's grandmother asked one day in front of everybody, well, how often does he spank y'all? And the eight-year-old said, said like she was taken aback, she said, he never spanks us. Yeah. I mean, you know, why would you want to spank a child? I mean, think about how stupid that is. For anybody, all this spare the rod, it goes back to this biblical garbage. Oh, yeah. Oh, the invisible man in the sky. I love J.L. Mackey's three questions for Christians and everybody. They got a severe problem with this. God is omnipotent. God is all loving, yet evil exists. Sure. Yeah. They can't explain it. 
<laughs> well, Ed, the I mean, Lord works in mysterious ways. All right. <laughs> right. I'll let y'all, t- y'all say something now. All right, Ed. I'm a little intoxicated, but I'm all right. <laughs> Ed, you know, your your advice is sound. Even if your delivery is intoxicated, we love you. I mean, I'm like this all the time in my thoughts. I am just a little ins- I don't want to try to be overbearing. But you know, I wonder about certain like circumstances with, with spanking. I wonder about certain circumstances. And one of those circumstances is go. like, uh, you know, kids, well, he, he brought it up, you yeah. know, and, and to say that he said it was stupid. And, you know, I wonder, you know, about certain circumstances. Let's say you've got a situation where a kid, um, you know, will hit his older or younger brother or something like that on a regular basis and you can't get him to stop. You talk to him. I mean, okay, what age? Uh, That's the main question for me. What age? I would say that you're probably talking that spankings should probably if if I was going to advocate for spankings and I'm not. I mean, for your question, Mark, what age are you talking about? Somewhere between three and six. Three and six. Okay, go ahead. Um, that you, you can't get the child to stop hitting another child that they they tend to you know play you extraordinarily think, rough. Do you think, Mark, that sometimes kids pick up things from their environment and they do things because they see other people sure doing they them? Do. Yeah, sure. So I kind of wonder if a kid is hitting another kid. Are they seeing that somewhere else and repeating that behavior? Well, I I've saw um, my son. Jack and uh, his friend Zachary, um, you know, no, I don't think so. And I think that you can see um, see it in nature is that, uh, you know, animals compete for things. And well, uh, hey, Mark, another thing, though, know, with children, you know, all our brains or minds are not the same. Yeah, I would absolutely not agree with all. this. And, and when you talk about that, hey, I tell you what I would love, Stephanie, I wish I could get I wish I could deal with so-called problem kids. I don't believe mm. they could outdo me. I'm I very think, interested you know, in this. Yeah, I love it. Most, I, haven't most people a, I haven't run into a circumstance where I think that spanking my son Jack is appropriate. I'm not prepared to say that every circumstance under the sun is it inappropriate. That's what that's you know, I'm I'm I mean, looking why, at one percent or less of spankings being appropriate at, at this point. And I don't know whether that last one percent is appropriate or not. I think you should try not to try everything else that spanking's been shown to be statistically not as um effective as other forms of punishment, but I, mean, I wonder about example. certain circumstances. Give me an example, Mark, why you would ever have to hit a child. I, yes, I, I just tried to give one to you. One example. And thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 
855-453. It's a SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. The holidays are just around the corner. This season, consider the greatest gift you can give your family and friends. Peace of mind. Destabilizing events are happening. I love happening. how every, every gift we've talked about has been the greatest gift you could give your friends tonight. <laughs> Unemployment, <laughs> inflation, food shortage. Every people got uh, lots of people got money. This uh, you know this holiday season, they need to consider all different all different gifts. It's true. Food shortages, natural disasters. That's just to name a few. Get prepared. Protect your family. And don't delay. For my preparation, I choose WiseFoodStorage.com. I've got uh, the Wise Food packages in my pantry. Just in case something happens, uh, they have a 25-year shelf life. They come in a rubber a, a sort of plastic tote that will keep them uh, safe so you can put them in your basement or wherever. All you have to do is add water. But if they get wet, they'll be fine because they're in these metal Mylar pouches. You can get one. See for yourself. Try it. Taste it. Check out the packaging. Whatever you want to do, get a free entree sample by going to eight five calling 855-FOODWISE or going to wisefoodstorage.com. You need... Coupon code FTL to get the uh, free sample. And with that coupon code FTL, you can get no-cost shipping, 10% off any order. It's wisefoodstorage.com or 855-FOODWISE, coupon code FTL. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Let's go to Drew in Arizona. Wants to talk about Santa Claus. Drew, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Stephanie. I, uh, I enjoyed listening to the show tonight. I thought I'd call in on a few of the points you were talking about uh, First, uh, Santa Claus not being real. I, I remember the moment or the Christmas. I don't know how old I was, but I, I knew that Santa wasn't real, and I said that to my parents, and they, they turned it back around on me and said, well, if you don't believe in Santa Claus, then you're not going to get any gifts from him. So, you Ooh, know, they gave you an ultimatum. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, it, hold on. Now, I think that's a, a terrible parenting tactic. Did you have uh, a uh, younger sibling? I had an older sibling. Okay. She was the reason that I knew Santa wasn't real because she was aware that Santa wasn't real. So, but, why uh, why would know, they being, choose? Why do you think they did that? Why do you think they wanted to carry on the facade of Santa Claus if you were probably because it makes them happy? I, apparently so. Because we went through the whole same tradition you noted, where there was always milk and cookies, and it disappeared, and there were <laughs> gifts, but then magically on Christmas morning there were more gifts, and they were labeled from Santa as opposed to so Santa wrapped your gifts. At my house, Santa didn't wrap <laughs> gifts, and you know if the kids could, if if five year olds could get together and and look at the discrepancies and how Santa does gift giving across the nation, they might very well see that there's a. Uh, you know, there's some holes in this. Or Santa if they story. could reproduce your experimental results, Mark, where you found out that you, you know, if you didn't reveal to your parents what yep. you wanted, then you didn't get what you wanted. Now, and, actually, see, my- in some houses, Santa actually does the tree and the whole thing. Um, you know, th- they won't have anything, oh. and then the tree stays up after. How does he Christmas. fit that down the chimney? Well, That's pretty uh, tough. Yeah, he's magic. He plays tetri- well, Tetris with I the think, Christmas tree. I, I think the real reason was is at a young age, I I knew how a chimney worked, and I knew there was no way. <laughs> That he could get through the flu and, <laughs> right. uh, and sneak through that. At least the chimney in my house, I, I knew. You know, I tried to play in the chimney before, so I knew that wasn't, wasn't going to go. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, but uh, about the F word, uh, you know, I, I remember a time when I... Kids I, I saying the F word? The, well, I don't want to say it, but... Uh, no, no, the, no, uh, I, I didn't say, can you say the F word? I said, uh-huh. are you referring to kids saying the F word? Thank you for not saying the F word <laughs> when you thought that I said, can you say the F word? 
Yes. As a child, I knew that it was a bad word, and I, I probably used it, but I knew not to use it around my parents. But I remember using, uh, saying something similar and saying, well, you know, you really shouldn't fudge with her. And I legitimately <laughs> did not say the F word. Yeah. And, and yet my mother still washed my, my mouth out with soap because she heard oh, me saying no. the F word. But I, I find that ironic because it's only because, you know, my parents, my parents didn't use the word. But they, you know, maybe they did privately or not around children. Sure. So in her in her mind, she drew the conclusion that I had, in fact, said the word. So she was more comfortable with the word than I was, and yet I ended up being the victim of a of a, a soapy mouth. You know, but, the, uh, uh, when, I was in, when I I went to a Christian school when I was growing up, and it was interesting. I remember of all the chapels, we would uh, from kindergarten through sixth grade, we had this uh, sort of chapel thing in the library where we would meet uh, once a week, and each one of the teachers it would kind of uh, you know go round robin. Each of them would have to give a uh, a speech, so probably about each of them had to do it once a year. And this is all the teachers in that uh, that time frame. And the phys ed teacher, not he, you know, he was not the biggest speaker. Um, you know, I mean, that is sort of putting it together. So one year he did this thing on, you know, gosh, golly, darn, and these words. And you know, he just didn't want you saying those words either. He didn't want you to say golly and gosh. Now, in in practical application, he wouldn't do anything about it, which means that wow. he then therefore sanctioned it because this isn't the kind of guy that didn't do anything about things that he didn't care about. I mean, he absolutely yeah. did things about things that he cared cared about. But the it was, you know, I it stuck in my mind since then. I mean, really, if saying gosh golly darn and all these words or fudge if if those things are a problem, then where do you go? I mean, at what point is an exclamation just not not good anymore. I mean, what, I don't know. It, it seems to put these artificial boxes on people. Are you not going to go to heaven if you say the f bomb? Because I don't think it's mentioned in the Bible. They don't even. Ha- I don't well, think they had that, curse Mark, words. If you say "gosh golly," you're you're not going to heaven either. Right, because you're taking the name a name of something that's kind of close to God in vain, even though God's name's uh, uh, Yahweh. It's a slippery slope, isn't it? <laughs> Well, even even with by, with children saying words that are similar to the naughty words, they're still implying something negative or, or something vulgar. Yeah. Uh, in, in that, so you know, if if your parent parenting is to, to discipline that sort of behavior, you, you know, you should be concerned about them saying words that aren't necessarily you know, the actual word itself. So or, is or is it that they don't want them to dis, to uh, have any kind of negative behavior? They don't want them to have those feelings. Yeah. How are they supposed to express their feelings if they're Frustrated, disappointed, angry, or whatever—those are completely legitimate feelings. Well, fortunately, I had a, 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 a high school English teacher and in a poetry class who allowed us to use those words because he felt, you know, if that's if that's what you feel, well, that's what you should say. And mm. even though the school frowned upon that, type I bet of behavior, they did. Uh, we got away with it in high school, at least in that one class. So. I don't know. I, I I tend to have a dirty mouth sometimes, so maybe that's a, a that's a reason for that. But just real quick, I wanted to comment. I think as I think long. as one gets older, that um, that you know you see that there's less value in um, the terminology. I I have a good friend. Um, he is uh, you know in, in in a high station in Sarasota, Florida. He is a publisher of a magazine, and we work together and. But, you know, in off hours, so he would be able to edit his speech. But in off hours, he would often switch to sort of being, you know, my friend from being my boss. Um, I worked there for, um, you know, for him for quite some time. And I always found it kind of shocking and weird, kind of. I mean, you know, I've heard these terms before to hear him, uh, you know, cuss and use the F-bomb and things like that. And 
I think, you know, over time, I've found that it's just not that valuable of a word for me. And I don't want to slip up in front of my son or on the radio, so I don't use them. But it's real life, and I don't think you should edit real life necessarily. I just think that there are better ways to express yourself often. Yeah, so much of the so-called fun is because it's taboo to say those things, and adults told you you were bad if you said them. Drew, did you have something else you wanted to say? Well, I need to get time. I just want to talk about Ron Paul's third-party run. Hold the line. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733 is the toll-free number. You can call in, take control of the airwaves. The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you need a boat, not just any boat, a life yacht. It's a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, grows its own food, and has a shallow draft to be able to get a four-wheel drive car or SUV on shore. With a life yacht, you can live free of nearly any government intrusion and have a sea sh- and or have a seashore home anywhere in the world. You can be involved for $1,000 in the commitment of as little as eight months. It's ericksoncouncil.com. That's ericksoncouncil.com. Very, very interesting idea. I am uh, interested in it myself. Let's go back to uh, Drew. You're going to leave me and go out on a boat, Mark? Not today. (laughs) (laughs) Drew, you're on Free Talk Live. What was on your mind? You uh, wanted to talk about Ron Paul. Well, yeah, you had mentioned that uh, you you were making the point that if Ron did uh, choose to run third party, he would certainly spoil the Republican vote and, and either... Uh, I don't know, either he would win as an independent or uh, Barack Obama would... Uh, I wouldn't claim that. Easily take. I wouldn't well, okay. your point was that, that he's dangerous as a third-party candidate uh, to the Republican uh, Party, and, and, and you're right. Uh, you know, I, I, I know that if he ran independent, you know, certainly he would have the volunteer uh, volunteers to get the amount of signatures and, and go through the, the, the process of getting on a ballot that way, and you know, who knows? Well, it would be interesting to see that. But You'd think the Libertarians on, would snatch him up as their nominee and then maybe a constitutionalist dual party and maybe even the Greens uh, just in order to uh, you know get some kind of credit. I mean, you'd think that there would be a coalition of thirds, but go ahead. Sure, no, sure, I'd love to see it too, but I, I guess strategically, and you know, I'm, I'm certainly not a fan of the, the election process and electoral politics, and, and I don't vote. Uh, you know, for a lot of different reasons, but... but ma- mainly uh, because your vote too, doesn't Drew. count in Arizona. <laughs> no, it, 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 it doesn't it count. Anywhere. Uh, you know, the computers don't count it. And furthermore, you, know, you were talking about you know, vote totals in general. You know, in Arizona last time around in 08, Paul took something like 5%. 
And we, we knew there was manipulation, and it wasn't that he won the state of Arizona. It's that they didn't want Ron Paul supporters to realize how many of them were out there mm-hmm. and then what kind of numbers they were drawing. So I think if it were more accurate, uh, Paul supporters would feel like there were, there were more people who, who feel the same way they do. But I personally would like to see this go to the convention. Uh, you know, you have a lot of states that do uh, select their delegates uh, later in the year. In, in Arizona, the people who will go to the convention have already been identified, and they're mostly entrenched Republicans who probably won't support Paul. But, the, you know, the opportunity for him to go to uh, all the way to the convention and see this all the way through this time around. Now, uh, hold on I, just I a second, Drew. I'm, I'm not sure um, I under- entirely understand what you say. Now, it depends on who wins as to who's sent to the convention. I am a delegate for, um, uh, for a candidate, and if so, if he gets some percentage of the vote, then I will go to the convention as a result. Um, I, it has to be an incredible. It, it's it's an, a number uh, that he would have to get that would be you know more than any one of the candidates will get among themselves. So I don't have any I don't have any illusions that I'm going to be one that that ends up there. But so okay, yeah, I, I I don't understand. It wouldn't Ron Paul wouldn't have entrenched Republicans being representing him in the convention. Uh, and I'm speaking specifically for Arizona. Obviously, it's different in every every state. But okay. in, in Arizona. The, uh, they've already had their state uh, organizing convention, which identifies uh, our state committee men. So these people are the pool of people who ha- will be the people who will go to the convention and cast the vote. Now, the primary that will be held, I think, February here in Arizona, uh, is known as a preferential poll. It's not; It has no binding effect. Okay. And the delegates, technically the way that it works in Arizona, are allowed to go. And I think on the first vote, they're, 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 they're supposed to vote for who... Arizona designated in the preferential poll, the the, the primary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then after that, they, they they're free to vote for who they they want. And I can see why is, you don't vote. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> absolutely. I, I mean, you know, there's arguments to why be made it? against uh, voting in New Hampshire, but it makes a heck of a lot more sense to vote in New Hampshire than it does in so many other states because uh, you know the, the the voting process in so many states is just foobar, and oh, that's sure. that's how it sounds like it is in in Arizona. Yeah, and add the computers on top of it, and you just you, there's no you know there's, yeah, there's no, paper ballots there's, here there's in New Hampshire. Nothing. Not to say that they yeah. handle them in the way that they're absolutely supposed to. Hey, Mark, if voting so, changed so anyway, anything, it would be illegal. Yeah, I don't think that's party, true. You know, politics that has to be gone through by these Ron Paul supporters, and God bless any of them that try this stuff, uh, at least to to fight the good fight and support Dr. Paul. But it all comes down to the convention, and if if he were able to snatch up enough delegates in say states like California and elsewhere. Uh, he, he could he could push to an open convention, and you might you might see some arguing on the floor, and you might actually see something interesting. And again, I I don't see victory as him winning and becoming president. I see victory in the process of opening people's minds. I concur absolutely, and I think that he's great in that. However, I think that there's a possibility that Ron Paul could make it a better possibility than there was in 2008. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm really I'm dubious myself, uh but every day that goes by these polls get better and better and that's a good sign, not a bad sign for the ideas of liberty. Not all of them. I don't think Ron Paul is the perfect supporter of the ideas of liberty, but I'd think he's a far sight better and I don't, you know, I mean that's that's why I support it. Now when I support him, but when he goes if he goes to a convent if it goes to a convention, I think that that's a surefire way of him losing. And I would love to see Ron Paul win some of these primaries and then still get dismissed as a um, as as a candidate who can't win because it just goes to show how little about the electoral process the parties care. Um, I think that's very interesting. 
But I think that at some point that if he gets enough votes in enough of the primaries that they'll have to they'll have to make him the nominee. I, and you know, again, like I don't, I don't support the system, but I enjoy watching it, and I think it's important for you know those that uh, don't follow you know these alternative libertarian you know sites and radio shows like yours that don't get this information, and all they watch is the mainstream, and it's just you know better that he's there that he's than not being there, I guess. And mm. so just, I'm curious about this to... one, Drew. If you think it's better that Ron Paul's there, then you would think that it's better that he remains there as long as possible. And so, therefore, why wouldn't you support? the vote voting for him if you think it's good that he's there well no i support supporting him and i do what i can to support him in the ways that i can but mm-hmm. going into a, a a church next to my house on election day taking five minutes out of my day marking my name on a piece of paper that goes into a computer machine that's not accountable to me i got better things to do with my time and i can be more effective at, at, at there you, you know, go sharing ron paul with other people it's just you know, it, it, you know, I don't tell people not to vote, you know, I, and I don't typically, you know, tell new Ron Paul supporters that, oh, hey, there's this delegate process and it's a waste of your time, don't even bother. You know, they've got to learn that for themselves. I, I You know, so, I, I mean, I see that, what you're saying, that I should support him in every way. But I didn't say that. I asked you a question. <laughs> I didn't say you should do anything. I asked you a question, and why, you know, my question was, why wouldn't you vote for a guy that you that you want to see in there and you want to see in there longer, I would assume. I think Drew's being completely rational. I agree with him. Oh, I, I agree I, that voting tends to, especially in a system like it sounds like Arizona has, that it, it tends to be that your vote doesn't um, doesn't amount to much. But your vote, the vote totals will get reported if Ron Paul gets high enough numbers, and if he comes out as the winner in Arizona, and I don't think he will. Um, I mean that's a that's a ways down the line there, so it would really matter on how he how well he does in in elections prior to that, then. It would be interesting if he does very, very well in you know most of the early primaries and still doesn't get the nod. Don't you think that that would show a lot of people that the system itself is invalid? So therefore, voting, in fact, is is a vote against the system. I see your point. Because uh, I'm a super I'm, genius, I'm vote, Drew. Uh, what's that? It's because I'm a super genius. I'm going to vote for him today by telling my friends about him and not wait till February. How's okay. That? There you go, Drew. Thanks for the call, Drew. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Drew. 555-450-3733. I will never understand the principled non-voting stance. I have yet to have it explained to me in some way that makes any sense. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keene. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keene has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Live 855-450-3733. You can we might be still able to, to slide you in here in the final segment of Free Talk Live's live Sunday edition with Mark. And Stephanie. Stephanie, you've got an article on 
outlaw hairstylists. I sure do. Here in New Hampshire. Can you imagine every time someone says outlaw hairstylist, I picture someone like slinging a scissors and like pointing it, drawing the scissors out of their belts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing like leather pants and, um, you yep. know, a, Chaps a, an and... open, open <laughs> uh, shirt, uh, you know, showing just a little bit of chest hair. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. So uh, this is from the this is from a local New Hampshire newspaper, the Concord. Uh, no, actually, well, it's from the Concord Monitor, but apparently it got picked up by the Associated Press. Okay. So this is beyond just in New Hampshire at this point. The headline is New Hampshire considers deregulating cosmetology other jobs. And it's by normal love from the AP. Anyone handy with scissors and a blow dryer could set up shop in New Hampshire without the state's formal blessing if an effort to eliminate education and licensing requirements for a host of occupations is successful. Cosmetologists, barbers, and a handful of others in state-licensed occupations would no longer need to go to school or get a license to work under the bill facing a vote in the House early next year that makes licenses voluntary. Now... I wonder who's going to get a voluntary license. Oh, I think that there's a value to voluntary licenses. Uh, from well, the sure, state. from from other places, but but from the state. I mean, oh yeah, sure. Um, because at initially, the state is going to have the monopoly. Uh, they they still have the monopoly on the pr- pr- providing of these uh, licenses, and some people will want their head- hairdresser to be licensed to know that they're good. Um, and I think that it would a lot be more of the like a certification that, at that point, right? I it mean, would it, it would fall it would more so fall into the category of certification more yeah. so. Um, and I think I that wonder, other organizations may crop up, or they may not. I don't. Think I wonder because I'm not people, familiar with this industry right now, so I wonder if there already are third party certifications that hairdressers get. I don't know. I would. I would think that. Um, I, I would think that you probably would mostly like uh, franchises, maybe like f- uh, first cuts or uh, whatever it is. The uh, the, the oh, supercuts, supercuts. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, you know, I would think that those would probably be the closest to a, um, you know, another. I want to say I've been to hairdressers before and seen things on the wall that say like master stylist mm-hmm. and then they're from some organization or Maybe. something i mean you think that vidal sassoon or some, one of these guys yeah uh, kind of somebody I, I don't know all the I, i'm not no expert in this area but um you'd think that those guys would come out with some kind of certification course or something like that yeah. just to make sure and i would think that it would be better um, I, you know, one, one story that's very interesting, like barbers have to go and get, you know, training in, uh, and hair coloring. I mean, when I go to a mm. barber shop, they don't have any ability to even do hair coloring, coloring. So why would they have to get trained in it? It seems And very of course strange. there was that story about, um, there was a, a young African-American girl in a, in a neighborhood that was like kind of a poor neighborhood and she was an entrepreneur and she started to do hair braiding, but, the city kind of came down on her and actually this is where the Institute for Justice got involved because they're like this organization that basically fights court cases that uh, mm-hmm. are pursuant to people's ability to start to run businesses and stuff. Anyway, so this girl tried to do have their hair braiding business and the state said, no, you have to get a license. Now, the license required a thousand hours of beautician school and it was a, you know, a pretty high cost to get into the school and the uh, some of the members of the board who certified hairstylists in that city were actually part of the um, the one beauty school in the city or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's, and, and that's and how it is, it is here in in New Hampshire, and I think it's probably mm-hmm. that way most places. Is the people that run the licensing boards with the government tend to be. 
people who are in that industry. And yes. it benefits them to keep people out. Yeah, it's a revolving door. And, and yes, they have an incentive to keep people out. But in this particular case, there were a thousand required hours in, in beauty school, but none of it involved hair braiding. That wasn't in the curriculum. So she would need this license, a thousand hours of training to do something that she wasn't interested in doing. Yeah. And it wouldn't teach her anything. <laughs> yeah. And it's just the purpose of keeping her out of the business of touching people's hair because yeah. that's what every um, salon wants. I mean, if they can't have it so that all their competition is out of business, at the very least, what they want is that there's no new additional competition and innovation in the marketplace that would cause them to have to do their business differently. Sure. And innovation is what makes business better. And this is I to me, this makes perfectly good sense. I love the idea that they're going to make the um, the government licensing voluntary because they, they might if they vote on it. I guess it's it's going to be voted on. Um, it's uh, you know it's it's going in in front of uh, the folks that will vote. And now actually they have a little human interest aspect to this story, which mm-hmm. features one of the co-hosts of Free Talk Live. <laughs> and uh, it's so, so the 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 article continues. Derek Freeman, who is on the show. A 22-year-old unlicensed hairdresser from Keene said his customer's satisfaction should determine if he can work, not a state license. Freeman faces fines and potentially jail time if police enforced the state law against him for snipping hair without a license. I have not harmed anyone. I have a growing list of satisfied customers. I don't think I'm doing anything wrong, Freeman said. But licenses like Nashua cosmetologist Pam New uh, say that they're training licensees, excuse me, but licensees like Nashua cosmetologist Pam New, say their training promotes, uh, protects the public, which trusts the state to regulate the industry. Right. So if somebody is, if the public needs to be protected from a bad haircut, then the public needs protecting from everything. And I really <laughs> wonder, you know, where is the license for a guy who does brakes? I mean, here you have the, uh, uh, you know, the, the part of the vehicle that makes it stop. People can die from this. Oh, uh, the yeah. biggest thing that hairstylists have is if you leave on the bleach too long, it'll burn their scalp. Um, and uh, well, bleach can, I mean, can, bleach can scar, can. yeah. Uh, but you know, it absolutely. But not can. all hairdressers use. Sm- all claims court is for. Sure. I mean, if if somebody <laughs> purports opens their door to the public and says, come on in, I'll give you a haircut, I think that it's implicit and implied in the contract that you're going to be safe in the application of um, the, the, the bleach. And I think that the judge will, will rule in your favor. I think that there's every reason for that. And if the judge says, well, you should have gone to somebody with a license, then you should have. That's fine. I don't mm. care. I go to... Actually, Der- uh, you know, I, I, I have Derek cut my hair and I pay him money for oh, it. Oh, it looks great. Thank you. And, um, <laughs> you know, he does a fantastic job. I'm pleased with the uh, the results. So, Talented man. Yeah. Actually, you know, I cut my own hair. So well, yours is long enough you can look at it. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> right. know, I can't well, see all my hairs. <laughs> but I wonder if, you know, would they prosecute me for cutting my own hair without a license? Am I an unlicensed staggerist hair cutter? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Or does that does it have to be for someone else in exchange for money? Yeah, that's what it, it tends to be about. You know, when yeah. I um one of the um uh you know people I was uh, having an email exchange with a woman who said we gotta have licenses for hairstylists. It was very oh really yeah on a message sort of board forum thing, and I'm like, <laughs> and I told her immediately, look, I get uh, haircuts. Um, you know, I pay money for haircuts that are, uh, you know, unlicensed. Um, here's my name and address. Please send the cops after me. I'd love to uh, I'd love to have a haircut right in front of them so they can see this happen. Um, and, you know, she's that would like, be the well, best publicity ever. <laughs> if if well, if he's not demanding money from you, then.
then it doesn't count. If you just give it to him, then it's okay. Like, you know, they, they just want to get shifty as they can be about this. But wow. look, it's a haircut. And frankly, I think that this is true with everything. I think that certifications um, are uh, superior to licenses. I don't think the government has uh, – I mean, everybody well, considers be- the government to be corrupt and inefficient. Why in the world would they want them in charge of these licenses? It doesn't make any sense to me. And just because you have a government license doesn't mean you're competent. You know, there are plenty of sure. hair, hairdressers out there yeah. Yeah, who, who don't, don't just, satisfy their customers. And the happens. relationship that you have with Derek as a hairdresser mm-hmm. and a client is a voluntary one. You know, so why should somebody step into the, mid, the middle of that relationship and criminalize it? Yeah, if I want uh, somebody to have a um, – Derek to have a – license or something like that, I can ask him, hey, look, you know, why don't you go get a license for me? I don't see any reason for that because I'm getting a fine haircut as it is. And, you know, I get it for less than market. He doesn't have to pay the rent, the occupational license and all this other stuff. You can better believe it increases the price when someone has to go to school for however many years it takes to become a hairdresser. Right. And to pay the licensing fees and comply with all the regulations and stuff. Uh, that that is overhead, and it will tend to drive up uh, prices. I mean, you know, that yeah. doesn't it doesn't necessarily um, what figures into the cost. Prices are set by supply and demand, but you know, as uh, obviously overhead it goes into the uh, the thought process of the uh, person providing the service, and they may That's choose true, not to, yeah. to provide the service if they don't get enough money. If the price isn't um, commensurate to what they need to get, I'm willing to hand out haircuts, but I'm going to charge a heck of a lot more for them because my time's valuable. Like I'm busy doing other stuff. <laughs> um, you know, you want a haircut? Sure. Three hundred dollars, um, you know, and it's not going to be very good. So you know, you have <laughs> you have a, a situation. Yeah, no we're, wonder we're, you have no clients. You're going to have a butch, right? I don't. I do have one, and he's actually got a nick in the back of his head, and he has no choice, right? You know, <laughs> you have a monopoly on his hair. He gets M Ms if he sits still, though. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't pay. Um, 855 What am I giving the telephone number out for? We're uh, done. In the meantime, you can go to freetalklive.com. We've got archives there for you. Participate in the uh, uploading stores, stories, whatever you want, freetalklive.com. Thanks. It's been Mark. And Stephanie.